Welcome. We hope you enjoy this recording from Christ City Church, based in Dublin, Ireland. For more podcasts and information on the church, please visit ChristCityChurch.ie. Thank you for listening. So it's Amos 8, 1 to 14. This is what the Sovereign Lord showed me, a basket of ripe fruit. What do you see, Amos? He asked. A basket of ripe fruit, I answered. Then the Lord said to me, The time is right for my people Israel. I will spare them no longer. In that day, declares the sovereign Lord, the songs in the temple will turn to wailing. Many, many bodies flung everywhere, silence. Hear this, you who trample the needy and do away with the poor of the land, saying, when will the new moon be over that we may sell grain and the Sabbath be ended that we may market wheat? Skimping on the measure, boosting the price and cheating with dishonest scales, buying the poor with silver and the needy for a pair of sandals, selling even the sweepings with the wheat. The Lord has sworn by himself the pride of Jacob. I will never forget anything they have done. Will not the land tremble for this and all who live in it mourn? The whole land will rise like the Nile. It will be stirred up and then sink like the river of Egypt. In that day, declares the sovereign Lord, I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth in broad daylight. I will turn your religious festivals into mourning and all your singing into weeping. I will make all of you wear sackcloth and shave your heads. I will make that time like the morning for an only sun and the end of it like a bitter day. The days are coming, declares the sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine through the land, not a famine of food or a thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. People will stagger from sea to sea and wander from north to east searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. In that day, the lovely young women and strong young men will faint because of thirst. Those who swear by the sin of Samaria, who say, as surely as your God lives, Dan, or as surely as the God of Beersheba lives, they will fall never to rise again. I'm just going to pray for Mafi before he comes to speak. Father God, we thank you for your word, um, and we thank you that you've given Matthew, Lord, the wisdom and the gift, Lord, of being able to teach um, your word to us today. I just pray for Matthew, Lord, let him speak with boldness in you, Lord, help him show your sovereignty through, Lord, the talk today. And I just pray that we will listen well, Lord, and be open to hearing your word. Amen. Good afternoon, church. It's good to be here. This is a typical Irish summer's day. This is incredible. I'm pretty sure we need to get a canopy out here and we could easily do outdoor church for a couple of hundred, not a problem. Today I want to ask the question, what do we really hunger for? What do we have an appetite for? So guys, if you've joined online, my name is Maffey. Um, I am part of the staff team here at CCC and I'm also hiding behind this tray, so I'm as short as what I look on that screen. Anyway, so what, what do we really hunger for? What do we have an appetite for? And I thought I would ask that because this is a picture that makes me laugh and giggle along with a few other ones. My vegetables watching me order another pizza. It's literally opening up the, the, the drawer and there's a potato in there and it's growing a, a face, growing arms and growing legs and going furry. And I was wondering, why are you not eating me for? You, you bought me a couple of weeks ago. What are you playing at, Math? And I'm sure we've all had this point uh, at uh, this moment at some point. And if you're a student here at Christ City Church, and I know for a fact you have had this point, and if you're a male or a female, then I know you've also had that point as well. And there's nothing more frustrating than going back to it maybe a week later and realizing that is absolutely not edible. 
Um, it's the very same with milk. I had a, a bad milk experience recently, but not quite as bad as Emma. I ended up making her breakfast with bad milk, but we can get to that another time. Church, we'll, we'll do what it takes to satisfy ourselves, whether it's a pizza we want or whether it's something else. Our choices simply reveal what we're really hungry for. Whether they're right or whether they're wrong choices, whether they're good choices or whether they're bad choices, whether they're healthy choices or unhealthy choices. And I, I say that because we're, we're going to see what, what it's like to, to see people who will do whatever it takes to satisfy themselves. And then we're going to see the outcome. But to this point, we're in the penultimate week of the book of Amos. Whenever I turn to the book of Amos, it takes me about half an hour to find it in the Bible because it's at such an awkward point halfway through the Old Testament. And so far, we've witnessed God take a rural farmer and bring him to the city of Samaria in the northern kingdom of Israel to what? To announce judgment, chapters 1 and 2. Beginning with the surrounding nations before circling in on Israel, reserving the harshest judgment for Israel. And in the next four chapters, highlight the reasons for judgment. As, as their national prosperity, as Israel's national prosperity and, and their comfort gave way to idolatry and injustice. And so despite having a veneer of religion, they were absolutely rotten. And so Amos warned them of the common judgment as, as Katie and Steve and, and Rebecca have so powerfully taught us in the last three weeks. So that was three to six. And now uh, here we are, as, as the book of Amos begins to draw to a close, Amos presents visions of judgment, and there's five visions. And so to this point, he's highlighted Israel's idolatry and injustice. Now there's a shift to what is going to come. And so remember, all, all of this is before our, our Bible was, was put together. We might hold, hold our little Bible here with our 66 books and our big wide margins to write in. Ultimately, the, the, the words of God were carried by the prophets beforehand. And Israel didn't want to hear what Amos had to say because it stood in stark contrast to the very things that they hungered after. Israel's hunger exposed their heart, and, and we'll see today that Israel hungered for personal prosperity, which simply could not satisfy. Yet God longed for justice, which ended up coming through judgment. And because of that, the end was very near for Israel. So we, we pick up in chapter 8 this afternoon with the third of Amos's five visions, which shows a basket of ripe fruit, and on, on some other translations, it's summer fruit. And what it's really saying is, is the, the summer is here, the fruit is absolutely ripe, and it's warm, and it's at that point of no return where you know for a fact that fruit needs to be ate, otherwise it's, it's going to be totally off. And it's, it's just turned that corner and it's starting to rot. It's like that orange that you open up, it looks incredible, it's so easy to peel, and then you realize that it's shriveled up. And you know for a fact the first bite you take you're going to find out whether it is on or whether it is not. So anyway, the, the fruit that was ripe, it wouldn't keep for long. Just as the time is, is short for the summer fruit, so the time is short for Israel. And so it's a play on the words because in Hebrew, the, the word for summer and the word for end actually sound really similar. So God is saying, yes, the end is absolutely coming for Israel. And that day, the songs and the temple were turned to wailing. There were many, many bodies flung ever silence. Disaster is coming, and Amos sees it. And he turns to communicate to Israel, and he says, Hear this, you who trample the needy and do away with the poor of the land. Why? Because Israel hungered for personal prosperity. That's what they longed for. That's what they filled their bellies with. That's what commanded everything they'd done. 
when will corporate worship be over? They're looking at their watches and they're wondering, when will corporate worship be over so we can actually get back to doing the things we want to do? They were caught looking past the gathered worship with the people of God to the things that they really loved. Now, they didn't avoid the new moon gathering and they didn't avoid the the Sabbath festivals, God forbid. Not at all. They, They went along, but they just couldn't wait for them to be over so they could get back to making money off the back of the poor and the vulnerable. They hungered for making prosperity for themselves. And if it means trampling the needy and doing away with the poor of the land, then so be it, because they were going to whatever extent they had to in order to satisfy themselves. They were keeping the practice of religious festivals, but they weren't keeping the spirit off them. They were showing face, but their hearts and minds were elsewhere. And they're looking at their watches. Oh, when is this going to be over? I've lost a couple of hundred euro. I've lost a few thousand euro. I could have opened the shop today. You know what? I could have just logged on. I could have done a day's work. I could have done overtime. Worked out the 10 hours times a one and a half what they would get minus the 40% tax. If I was able to open these extra couple of days, then I would have X amount to spend. Their words betray their piety, showing that in reality their worship happened on any day but the Sabbath. Money was their God. And their corporate worship was simply another detour, another distraction. They hungered after anything but God. And at any cost, they skimped on the measure. They filled the bags with wheat and and chaff. They made their wheat go further and they thought, you know what, I'll I'll, I'll put half wheat in this, half chaff in this, give it a good shake, open it up, show them, and and it's all going to be fine. They get to double their profits. They made their wheat go further by mixing with the refuse, the very thing that they should be throwing out. The wheat went further and their pockets got deeper. The real interest was enriching themselves, shortchanging the buyer, but it didn't matter They hungered after material wealth and prosperity, but again, it didn't matter because they benefited. That's what's important, right? I remember buying logs uh, with my dad to burn them. We would have bought them in these these bags, and we found that the top five or six logs were class. They were great. They were nice. They were dry. They burned so well. And we got them back to the house. We began to unload them, and we found there's absolute rubbish at the bottom. There was wet logs at the bottom, and even even below the wet logs, there's sawdust, there's grain, there's you name it, and it is there. Why? Because it actually helps bulk out the bag, makes it that little bit heavier, makes it look better. What a handy way to make money at the expense of others. Yet, church, don't be fooled by this. Let's not make ourselves the victims of the greedy others. Let's consider the moments in our lives when we've, when we've simply shortchanged somebody else. We've not specifically lied to them, but have simply withheld information. I don't want to say a show of hands, but has anyone ever done it? Or you've not gone to the lengths that you would expect them to go to for you. I don't ashamed of having sold a car to somebody and not actually giving them all the details. I expect it as a, as a seller, you know, that, that they should know this. They, they're looking at it. They've got a set of eyes they can see. And I, I, I deliberately withheld information. I know that shame. My stomach wanted a seal more than it valued integrity. And so what we hunger for really exposes where our hearts are at. And the thing is, it never satisfies. It never satisfies. They always want more. It always causes us to push the boundaries further and further to what we could achieve. Why? Because it never actually fills us. As Israel were simply skimping on the measure, they were boosting the price. They were tampering with the weights. Imagine the fury 
as a child. Did anyone ever go into a sweet shop as a child? Definitely Stephen Leanne, absolutely. Go into a sweet shop as a child and you ask for a quarter of a pound of, of millions or two cinnamons or, or cherry lips. And they go and they set the weights on and then they go and open up the, the, the box and they begin to pour in and you think, man, he's not pouring in very much. Imagine you go in and you order a half a pound of millions and they go and set the quarter pound weights on it. And you go to protest and they roll up the bag and they hand it to you. And it doesn't really matter because the shopkeeper got what he wants. And so it didn't really matter about you, whether you're shortchanged or not. But this sort of thing infuriates God. Absolutely infuriates him. While, while Israel hungered for personal prosperity, God longed for justice. God longed for justice, which came through judgment. You know, Israel's actions stood in contrast to God's heart. As God's chosen people, Israel were to reflect the heart and reflect the values of God. The people of God were meant to mediate the presence of God to the surrounding nations. They were to be a light to the nations. They were radically distinct as they served the one true living God. And the law given in the Torah, the, the first five books of the Old Testament, stipulated specifically that the new moon and the, and the Sabbath festivals were to be periods of rest from work. There were rest for the animals, there would be rest for the land, there would be rest for the workers, rest for the owners, there were to be a, a period of rest. The Sabbath was a means for a just society for absolutely everyone. The ages of the fields were to be left untouched at harvest time so that the poor may come along and gather the wheat for themselves. Israel were absolutely exploiting everything they could for their own personal gain. And those who were being poor were being exploited to the extent that it was actually made impossible for them to ever be free. It's a bit like my student loan. It keeps accumulating far more interest than I'm paying per month. So that's never going to be paid back at this rate. Israel reveled in prosperity that was so inconsistent to the heart of God that for them judgment was coming and there was no stopping it. And if you look with me at verse 7, Amos says, the Lord has sworn by himself the pride of Jacob. I will never forget anything they have done. That is a terrifying verse. The Lord has sworn, I will never forget anything they have done. Because of their rebellion, their idolatry, and because of their injustice, devastation is coming. Religious festivals are being turned into mourning, singing into mourning and wailing. Sackcloth, shaven heads were signs of grief. But it's even more extensive because they will have heard stories of their ancestors in Israel or in Egypt. And they would have heard of the death of the firstborn. And here they're going to experience the same judgment. They're going to experience the same bitterness. So as Israel hungered for prosperity, which, which couldn't satisfy because of their disobedience, judgment was coming and justice was coming. And it was coming through judgment. And because of that, the end was near for Israel. Like the vision of the fruit, Israel were ripe for judgment. And look at what it says in verse 11. The days are coming, declares the sovereign Lord, when I'll send a famine through the land. Not a famine of food or a thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. Because of the way they were living, Israel had spiritually starved themselves. It wouldn't be a famine like what they knew. Israel were, were professionals in famines. They knew what it was to lack food and, and water in the wilderness. But yet, this was something far worse. Israel were in such a state that they'd be no longer able to hear the word of God. The word of the Lord had come through the prophets. 
They didn't have their neat Bibles. They, they didn't have that, but their hearts were so far out of sync with God's that they'd no longer have the ears to hear what God through the prophets were saying. Isaiah pictures us so well. Isaiah 59, 1, 2, it says, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor is ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have separated you from God. Your, your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. That's encouraging. The arm of the Lord is absolutely not too short to save. But there's a warning because your sins have separated you from God. Israel's hunger after all the wrong things exposed their heart. And judgment's coming. They were hard of hearing because their hearts were so far from God. And you know, the, the Assyrians were going to come and they would carry them off into exile and the nation would be destroyed. And there's a glimpse of hope in, in chapter 9 that Katie's going to bring us next week. But this vision finishes in despair. They, all because of a people who hungered after personal gain rather than for justice in the lives of the oppressed and the needy. Ultimately, Amos preached to a deaf people, a people who wouldn't and a people who didn't repent. You know, God had, God had bound himself in, in, in a covenant to his people Israel, but yet Israel could not keep their side of the bargain. Amos wasn't able to change the hearts of, of Israel. We know the full story. We can look at it. Israel were carried off into exile when the Assyrians came in 722. Amos wasn't able to change the hearts of the hearers, but yet there was one who would come who could. You know, Jesus would come eight centuries later. And while God bound himself to his covenant people, Jesus would make it possible that his covenant people could be bound to God. He would come and he would teach that blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Why? Because they will be filled. They will be filled. He is the one who had power to transform the hearts of the people so that not only could the law be kept, but the people would want to keep it. He would be the one who would associate with the lowly and the needy, who would embody what it was to correct injustice and to care for the vulnerable, while also establishing justice across all colors, classes, creeds, and cultures. But yet he'd also be the one that, that would face the most incredible injustice of all time. He not only modeled this hunger and thirst for, for justice and for righteousness, but he would be the one who would receive the ultimate judgment for our sin upon the cross. Just like in Amos' prophecy, there would be a day that's in line with that prophecy when the sun would go down at noon, when the sky would be blackened. During the Passover festival, the Son of God would be nailed to the cross and the punishment for our sin would be laid upon him. And church, this is a great escape and it's the greatest exchange because God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are the righteousness of God today. The very righteousness of God is assigned to all those who will accept Jesus as both the risen Lord and Savior. The righteousness of God is established on, on Emily, on Anastasia, on Stephen. They publicly declared their faith today at their baptisms. And you know, we, we remember that back to that verse in verse 7 that said, surely I'll never forget their deeds. I want to exchange that verse now for those of you that know Jesus. I want to tell you that as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our sins from us. 
He will give a new heart, one that actually hungers for, for righteousness, one that longs for a right relationship with God and for those around them. Blessed will be those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Why? Because they will be filled. They will be what Israel could never get through their prosperity. And I wonder, what do you have an appetite for? I come back to that question. What are the longings of your heart? Like Israel, are, are, you, are, you, are you looking forward to getting back to work? To making money, to furthering the career? Is gathering with God's people, is gathering with us on Sunday an absolute nuisance? Is this really what you want to do? Or maybe is this getting in the way of what you want to do? Perhaps like Israel, you're striving and you're striving and, and nothing seems to be filling you. I get that. I, I've done that. I've been there. You're just not satisfied and you're trying everything around you. Moving from one thing to another, nothing seems to be hitting the mark. The goalposts seem to be moved. They keep moving. Perhaps this series on Amos has been revealing. Maybe it's revealed something to you where your allegiances maybe might, might have shifted where compromise perhaps has set in where you're no longer hungering after God. I want to use these last few moments in today's service to, to reorient our hearts back towards the one who took the judgment that we deserved upon himself, the only one who can deeply satisfy us, the only one who can fill us afresh. God's cry of justice in his people was, was never an end in and of itself, but rather the, the justice that God wanted to see in his people was actually the overflow of a worshiping heart. It's the overflow of a worshiping heart. There's going to be a song playing in the background for a few minutes. And as it does, I, I, want, I want to take this time, just where you're at, to, to engage with God, to ask him to fill you. Ask him to satisfy you. And then out of that satisfaction, be stirred to action. And maybe if you're not a follower of Jesus, and you're sitting here today, I'd encourage you, listen to the words of the song. Consider what is, is satisfying you in this world and whether it really does. So this song's going to play in the background and then Andrew's going to come up and, and the service is going to be over. Let's just take these next three to four minutes just to reorient our hearts back toward the Lord again. Amen. <laughs>